Pastor Xavier Reese with a simple admonishment safeguarding against division. Titus 3, 10, and 11 says, um, Reject the device of man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning and being self-condemned. And there are people who just are like Tasmanian devils. They just go around creating trouble. It's all flesh. It's not a gift of God. You see the problem with the church? It's made up of people, sinners. And unless we walk in the Spirit from day to day, God help us. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the greatest arsenals of war is not weapons of mass destruction, but the weapon of division. And unfortunately, this is also true in the church. Today, as he continues his study series of the book of 1 Corinthians, Pastor Xavier brings us the simple truths about division and how we can keep it from attacking the body. Let's listen. When I was first saved in 1973, I was amazed. I was saved through the Jesus movement. And I was amazed of how many young men God raised up and uh, anointed them and sent them out. And they began Bible studies with no intention to make them churches. And they just turned into churches. When, when people look to the Lord of the Lord alone, it's amazing what God can do. The problem is when we start depending on ourselves, our little gimmicks, and we know how to do it. And all of a sudden, we're not dependent on God anymore. And then what happens is the flesh gets in, party splits, intellectual arguments, and the reputation of the church goes down the tubes in the community and the work of God. And it's sad. Paul, as um, their spiritual father, has poured out his heart because he loves them in this introduction Declaring that they were new creatures in Christ and God had blessed them. And they had been brought into this sweet fellowship with the Son of God. You can't get any better than that. That's it. <laughs> but now, he goes on to confront the Corinthians with strong words regarding their divisions that plague the church. And they're marked by three things here in verses 10 through 17. Let me read. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, that there are contentions among you. Now I say that, that each of you say, I am of Paul, I am of Paulus, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be not made of none effect. Paul's confrontation to Corinthians with these strong words that plague the church is marked by, first of all, the plead against divisions in verse 10 and 11. Secondly, we have the parties of the divisions in verse 12 through 16. And then thirdly, the problems caused by the divisions. 
Let's begin here, the plead against the divisions, 10 and 11. Notice verse 10, the Apostle Paul pleaded in humility. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul pleads with them as, as a spiritual father, as we've seen, but not in some authoritative manner. The word plead means to call alongside, parakalel. We get our word paralegal, paramedic. Parallel parking, alongside. The apostle is not attempting to be authoritative over them, but he is entreating them because he sees the dangers of what's going on as a parent with a child who encourages a son or his daughter. In fact, later on in chapter 4, verse 16, he says, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. And then in 11.1, he says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So the standard for each of us is Christ. We're to follow Christ and follow each other if we're following Christ. You understand? But the standard is Christ. I am not the standard. You are not the standard. In fact, we're, we're the problem regarding the standard. Now, their oneness was in their calling to the fellowship of Jesus Christ, their Lord, the Son of God, as he said in verse 9 of chapter 1. We've been made one with God. What an incredible thing through the gospel. As we're going to see, the problem is they've moved away from the gospel. Notice, Paul pleaded with them by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the, the basis is upon the one who saved them. The one who had made them one. You know, when we were in the world, we were one with those that were like us. And that wasn't many. <laughs> And you have all these little clicks and all these little small perspective of what the world's about when we were in the world. And all of a sudden you come to the Lord and you realize how vast the world is and how wide and how much God has for you. And you used to live in this little world, your own little click. And all of a sudden it brings you into the family of God and your world is so incredibly large. A strong reminder here to them of who they owed their loyalty to. He pleads in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you know, Lord is Curios, a title. He's the master, the owner. He had bought them with his precious blood. He's uh, their savior. The name Jesus represents his humanity. He walked this earth for 33 years. He ate, he hungered, he thirsted, he wept, he died. A real man. And he was exactly... Who his name said he was. Yahweh is salvation. The Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua. The contraction of Yahweh Shua. Jehovah's salvation. In fact, the angel Gabriel told Mary, you should call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And Matthew quotes all the Old Testament. Isaiah seven fourteen and other passages. But then also he's the Christ, another title, Messiah. The anointed of God, the one that was promised to Adam and Eve and all the prophets. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. This is the basis of his plea. Why is it? Because they have lost the perspective regarding Christ. Notice the apostle Paul pleaded for unity. That you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Paul stated that unity is accomplished by speaking the same thing. As the people of God, this is your standard, you and I. You and I should have no differences. 
when it comes to the Bible. There's very few verses, you might have them on one hand, maybe two, of those texts that may, may possibly have two interpretations. The rest are very, very clear. So we have the same rule book. We have the same spirit, the same mind, the same Lord, the same salvation. That's why it's important that you marry Christians. Your house is unified. It's one, not divided. The subject as well as the object of the verb, the Greek scholars tell us, is emphatic by the position in the sentence here, the grammar. All the Corinthians are to be united in what they say as Christians. Again, regarding the word of God. The word they speak, logo, involves the thoughts that are put into words. They're not just simply sounds. So whatever I say must reflect the word of God. When I wasn't a Christian, I made decisions and I saw things under different value, different things. But now when I became a Christian, I began to read the word of God. And all my decisions were made. Now what I've done for the last 38 years is simply live them out. I don't have choices. I just have to be obedient to God's word. This is only possible by recognizing the word of God as the standard. All who are in Christ. Not contradicting it. This is what's happening there. I'm sure you've been in homes where they're not so united and you get there and it's almost like, you know, you're there five minutes and you're ready to leave. I mean, it's just a turmoil, you know, and they're bickering, there's this and that, and it's a madhouse. There's no order. And then you go to other houses and you... Now, I'm not talking about kids. Kids are kids. They're going to be little savages. They're your kids. That's why. But there's discipline, there's correction, stuff like that. But people that are going in different directions, there's not a unified thing. If you've got a Christian home, then... Then you should be running that home in order. There should be peace. There should be direction, guidance. You know what I mean? Now, Paul stated unity is evident by not having or allowing divisions. The word divisions means uh, to tear or crack. The idea of being rifts in disharmony between people in the church. So people get fickle, they get their own opinion, they, they make their own choices that really at times contradicts the word of God and it goes uh, in opposition to the will of God. The word will be used two more times in the letter here. In chapter 11, verse 18 and twelve twenty-five, The word is used of a torn garment in the gospel of Matthew nine sixteen and Mark two twenty-one. It's used... To record the divisions of the people regarding Jesus through the gospel of John chapter 7, 9 and 10. There was a division. And that's what Jesus does. He divides you. If you say you're a Christian, then your life is ruled by the word of God. The standards of the word of God. If you say you're a Christian and you don't follow the Bible, it will be very evident to those who obey the Bible. And sometimes people don't realize how carnal they appear before other people who are spiritual and mature. Sometimes ignorantly because they're young, but other times because they've refused to grow in the Lord. And they've compromised and they've intellectualized the word of God as we're going to see. That was the problem. It's one of the works of the flesh in Galatians 5.20. 
contentions. It's not of the Spirit, it's of our flesh. Paul stated that unity, notice, is strengthened by being perfectly joined together in the same mind, the same judgment. The statement is to remedy their current problems. They're fractured. The word but is a contrasting conjunction. They needed to forsake their divisions. But you can only do that by being one with the Word of God. Because if we don't agree in the Word of God, then what are we going to agree with? Well, we're all going to have our own opinion, our own standard. You see? The goal is expressed by the words perfectly joined together. It means to mend what has been broken or rent. In other words, repair the damages. And when husbands and wives, you know, they get out of sore with each other, tweak. One of you has to break down and say, you know what, forgive me, let's, let's pray. And you mend it as soon as you can, because if not, that, that gap gets wider, you understand? So both of you are to hold each other accountable. The word is a medical term used to describe bones that have been fractured and mended back together. Only God can do that. In fact, it's used for mending nets in Mark 1.19. Now notice the process to accomplish the mending and brokenness in the church was by being of the same mind in judgment. You see? Yeah, if you're a husband and wife and you're going this way, your children are the first to reap the consequences of that because they won't have any stability either they will see a divided house the word mind there is a place of perception understanding the context is in view of spiritual truth they were not doing this spiritually but naturally as they used to be in the world that's the problem this word is used when Jesus opened the understanding of the two men on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, 45. Remember, you read there, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened up the scriptures to us? It's God who gives us understanding, ladies and gentlemen. It's not because we're so smart. It's not because we're so experienced. Certainly my experience should help me out in that, but, and I should learn from growing. But it's because God in his grace has given me his word and has turned the light on by his Holy Spirit. He's going to get to it in chapter 2. It's the Spirit of God that makes us all possible. Not because we're so educated or so smart. The word judgment means the faculty of knowledge to reason and discern for the proper conclusion. Paul will use it two other times for his own judgment on marriage in chapter 7, verse 25, and single life in verse 40. I give my judgment. Assessing all the information. This is what you should do spiritually. Now, the Corinthians had culturalized and secularized their thinking, their understanding, and concluding judgments. So that there were many opinions about all the issues that Paul is going to confront. I mean, he deals with many. Not only these divisions, he starts with the divisions, but he has to move on into meats and, and drinks and and, 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 and incestuous relationship and, and marriage and the gifts and all kinds of stuff. Because everybody had their opinion. And some churches are like that. Well, I don't think they should, we should do it this way. We and they're doing it from the world. They're CEOs. They've gone to college. They learned, you know, they got their MBA and they want to run the church that way. Go away. It is his church. It's not an organization. It's an organism. They were not Christ-centered in their understanding and conclusions, failing to put the mind of Christ on as Paul had taught them when he was there. Paul has mentioned the name of Christ ten times in the first ten verses of this letter. 
That's their problem. Now, many people get born again. They go to church, and, and but they, they, they get their eyes off Christ. They just they move away. They don't grow. They don't, they don't put on the mind of Christ. They don't let the scriptures be the standard. So they make decisions and live straddling the fence. I don't know if you used to do that. When we used to run around Ball and Park when we were teens, we'd, we'd go at night and walk the walls. And sometimes you slipped and you straddled and it wasn't very comfortable. Okay? And if you straddle the fence between the church and the world, it's not going to be very comfortable. And it's going to be very destructive for you and those you influence. You understand? Do you really believe there is not one good thing in you? Until you thoroughly are convinced and truly believe it, you're dangerous. And so am I. Look at 11. The Apostle Paul pleaded... Based on accurate information, for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. The information received by Paul was first-hand knowledge. Now, we're not told if the person came to Paul at Ephesus. The process is not there, though we'll get a little clue at the end that maybe... Uh, Fortunatius, Achaicus, and the others uh, took the letter to him. But it would be hard to believe that Paul just ran on, a, on some rumor or some information. Um, because the Bible speaks to us about checking everything, verifying it. Uh, in the world, we would run on information or rumors or slanders, and we don't check it out. And, and uh, as Christians, we shouldn't do that. When somebody tries to suck you, say, well, th- does that person know that you said that? Have you talked to them first? And you tell them right off the bat, in this church, we don't gossip, we don't spread rumors. And in fact, you tell them, you know what, I'm going to see them today. I'm going to tell them that you want to talk to them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's no room for carnality in the church. I'm carnal enough. I don't need your help. The information was given to him by those of the house of Chloe, the household. The reference could be to the house church where the body of the church met because they didn't have buildings. They met in homes. It could be the residence of, of, of that individual also. And the reference is to this woman who lives in Corinth. Her name means a green herb. She's a Gentile. She's come to Christ. Opened her house and she's given this information. Literally, it says, by those that belong to Chloe. It is in the plural. In other words, the information was affirmed and confirmed by a number of people. Now, you know, Paul was a good Jew. Everything has to be established between one or two witnesses. <laughs> All right? So you want to make sure that whenever you receive any information, whatever it may be, that you always verify that it's true before you pass it on or act on it. Certainly Paul knew that this was accurate and, and needed to deal with it. And, and he mentions her name. You know, when there's accusations uh, to somebody, then, then we ask that the person be there. Oh, no, I don't want, well, then we don't confront it. No, no, no. If you're ready to point fingers, then you need to be there, dude. That's important. Now, notice the information was very specific that there were contentions. It means quarrels, strikes, debates, and wranglings. It was a worldly church. Now, people always say, you know, we got to go back to the early church. You know, really? We're there. It was carnal. You see the problem with the church? It's made up of people. Sinners. And unless we walk in the Spirit and are willing to die to self and be transformed from day to day, 
God help us. The lack of centrality in Christ caused dissensions arising from diversities of opinions and aims. And so everybody wants to put in their two cents. You remember that one day Korah led a division against Moses and Aaron, saying they had exalted themselves above the congregation. And um, they drew 250 of the leaders to want to take the place of high priests, despising what God had allowed them to do in the service to the tabernacle in number 16. And Moses said, well, we'll find out. Let's let the Lord decide. You know, you guys gather with those guys and come next day and let's just ask God to do something weird. You know, if we're wrong, let them open up the earth and swallow us. And if not, let them swallow you up. God opened up the earth and swallowed them. Now, many people may use stuff like that to intimidate you, to not to confront leadership or anything. No, that's not why it's to be used. But certainly we see that sometimes, you know, we, we start thinking of, of the church like the world. Well, I'll start here and then I'll just climb up. And, and, and we start thinking like the world promotion. Listen, God gives you special calling, a special gift, and a special position in the body. And that's where you serve best. And if you get out of your gift, your calling, your position, you'll be ineffective. And you'll be trouble. I don't do anything but what I do. That's it. I don't get in the other ministries. I do what God's called me to do. And I equip the other people and oversee it. And, and God takes care of it. You understand? This hand, it doesn't go walking. It's not made for walking. Now, if I have to crawl, it'll step in. But it's not made for walking. You understand? And here's the problem. The church intellectualizes and secularizes the church. And so they crank out their men. And they anoint their men. And they teach their men. And they give them degrees. And they send them out. And they're never called or anointed or commissioned by God. So you've got organizations of men. And you got the politics and all the divisions and everything else. You plead with individuals in the body of Christ to speak the same thing when you hear something that is um, different or contrary to the teaching that you know within the Word of God. Or do you just simply add to the confusion and add your two cents? We, we have to check out the scriptures. In um, Titus 3, 10 and 11, it says... Um, Reject the divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. And there are people who just are like Tasmanian devils. They just go around creating trouble. I've encountered some of them through the 38 years. It's amazing. It's all flesh. It's not a gift of God. Trust me. Do you play part in divisions, even one who causes divisions? Or are you one who attempts through humility to keep the unity of the Spirit in the body of Christ? You see, it's the Holy Spirit that, that makes the unity. We disrupt it. Listen to Ephesians 4, 1 and 6. And 1 through 6. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's the Spirit of God that creates the unity. We disrupt it. Okay? We don't create it. There is one body, one spirit, just as you are calling to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He puts the body together. He disperses gifts. He calls. He positions. And then he works it all together. It's amazing how he does it. Do you understand that the word is identified as one of the works of the flesh? The vision's there. That's natural for us. Galatians 5.20, idolatry, sorceries, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts, wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, so on and so forth. 
The plea against divisions is to be emulated by every believer because we're the church. Pastor Xavier Reese reminding us that we're in this together as a team, not as competitors. And you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking message called Divisions Are Destructive. It's available on CD for just $4. And this is one message you'll want to share with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The title to ask for once again is Divisions Are Destructive. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it helps us a great deal when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. We've been learning what divides the body, but what can keep the church united? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese. That's next time on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 